cave without it. I'll be there with the hammers of justice. You make me a mistake, I will fucking kill you. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do. God, now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Let's dance, bozo. Hello and welcome to Gotham City Limits, episode 13, the internet's premiere podcast for all things Batman. I forgot my spiel. I can't believe it. (laughs) Anyway, Batman never forgets because he is vengeance, he is the knight, I'm M, and that's Autumn. Hello. We're here. Talk about Batman. It's it's like we don't do this weekly. I don't understand how I just like forgot the words that it's open fine. this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> this is the chill hangout show. It's not Gundam. It's not like a tight ship, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this has always been a tighter ship than Gundam is these days, so I don't know what to tell you. I'm I I have not been listening to the last couple um bits of Gundam because I have not I've been telling myself I'm gonna watch turn A and I think I need to either Accept that I'm not, or start it like this week. Either way, like I want to, I want to catch up on GGP. So <laughs> you should watch Journey. It's really good. Um, it's did just you... a show you can watch. Like you don't even have to get in your head about. It. Just put it on. It's great. Yeah. No, I, I, I the only reason I haven't watched it because I was thinking about it, uh, and then I spent the weekend watching um, a season and a half of Hannibal instead. So. <laughs> I mean, I like Hannibal more than I like Gundam. It's way dumber, but man, it's good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, I watched the first season last year, and I rewatched the first season, and I'm a couple episodes into the uh, second season. Second season, fucking good. I was glad that I watched the first season again just to like give myself mm-hmm. the context, but the second season is just fucking good. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, second season is very good. There's so much that, especially if you're someone who like knows the, st- the the broader story of the the Hannibal Lecter fiction, just veers off in such wild directions. Yeah, um, I'm I'm enjoying this sort of state where I've seen Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs, and I think yes, I would say through cultural osmosis, it's more through like knowing you for a few years. There's like mm-hmm. some stuff about other Hannibal things that I know, but for the most part, this is all new to me, and I'm like. I get excited whenever, like, um, stuff that I know about crops up, but for the most part, I'm just, like, enjoying this as a thing unto itself. Um, uh, yeah, no, that, that's fair. I, um, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, God, um, all of the, you've, you've got, you've met Adel Gideon, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, his stuff is so good. The part where he is playing like the Michael Cox, like Manhunter version of Hannibal. Um, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> yes, it's so good to just put that character in with this Hannibal. Oh my God. <laughs> um. Yeah, because this, I really like the Mads Mikkelsen Hamill, uh, Hannibal. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hamilton, which would have been bad. I would watch a Mads Mickelson Hamilton. I feel like it's kind of like uh, going against the spirit of the original show, but who am I to judge? Anyway, um, really enjoying his performance because, like, like, as a person who does really, really, really love Silence of the Lambs, like, when I first started the show last year, I was always worried about, like, well, he's no Anthony Hopkins, but, like, he's not doing that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins chews way more scenery than Mads Mikkelsen does. Um, yes. In, like, a way that, like, works a lot better for what this show is, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, no one no one tries to do the uh, Anthony Hopkins. I think it would uh, capsize the show, because you can't have <laughs> Jack and Will operating against that character. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect... It's a little bit in the... It's there in the first season, but I think, like, as everyone gets more settled into their characters in the second season, like, I did not expect um, Jack Crawford to be the, like, high melodrama character. I Um, love him so much. He's so good. (laughs) Because because Mads Mikkelsen is so restrained, and, um, uh, like, Will is, like, alternating between, like, high drama and like not speaking for whole episodes at a time and just kind of emoting a little bit mm-hmm. um yeah and so like all the sort of like like jack crawford is just going through it at maximum like at all yes. moments of the show <laughs> in a way that's so so much fun um I'm, I'm really enjoying this show also just like the second season like I think they've, like, figured out, like, oh, this character really worked. We're gonna, like, give her a bigger role. Oh, um, we should give Jack, like, more, you know, his bosses to play off of. Like, it feels like it's, like, the sort of, like, things that you settle into in the second season of a show once you kind of know what works and what doesn't. Um, it's good shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, God, I really like that show. I I'm one of those people. I don't think they should come back. I think it would. I think it'd spoil it. I think it's been too long, and it would be bad if they came back. I, I ship's ship's, uh, ship's gone. I'm curious how I'll feel about it. Um, at the when I get to the end of the journey, I I really want them to come back, but I cannot tell. Like it, it the 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 double whammy of watching that show this week as like matrix four shit is coming out where i'm like mm-hmm. man i just want Lawrence fishburne to like do things that he enjoys i just want him to like be in like good stuff um is, is i think maybe fueling like my desire for um hannibal to come back <laughs> um but yeah, we're um, not going to talk about the matrix four here because uh i don't want to <laughs> I don't even, even watch the trailer. I mean, I'll watch the movie, but, uh, you know, I don't really care that much. Yeah. Um, uh, Batman. Batman. <laughs> uh, so, Webtoon uh, put out a new comic called Batman Wayne Family Adventures, uh, which has art by Starbright and it's written by CRC Payne. It is a slice of life Batman, like broader Bat Family adventure comic. Uh, Webtoon is just free. You can just read comics on your phone. Please read this. It's fantastic. It's so good. Oh, I intend to. I uh, I didn't realize it was out um, until you were posting about it last night, and I was like, okay, as soon as I'm like, you know, long day at work yesterday, but I'm going to start at like today or tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, the first three, the first three chapters are up, and then it'll be one every Thursday. Seems like okay. so. 
Uh, it's good. I'm like, I'm like, shit, I need to like read modern Batman so I know who Duke Thomas is. Cause I vaguely know, but like, it's, this is about Bat Family that's expanded past my awareness of like where Batman's at. I, um, I don't know when the last time I like read a webcomic is. Um, is web, is webtoon just like a, a platform for like, um, webcomics, I guess? Yeah, I I think webtoon is most was I, it probably still is is mostly like manhwa like it's translated Korean comics. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and so they're all like aligned for phones, so it's all like vertical scroll. Um, okay. Which this is also. Um So, yeah, no, webtoon's like the big one at least in the the west that like broke out. Um yeah, they have like um Tower of God, which was is like a anime now, stuff like that. Okay. God of High School, also an anime right these days. I should check this out. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it was free. I was assuming because I, I didn't know what webtoon was, so I was assuming this was like something I'd have to go like get on Comixology or whatever. Yeah, no. Um, the other thing is, it's free, and then you buy coins to get chapters early. If you're like, I want to re- like chapters up through six are up now, but each one costs like five coins, just like five uh, cents or whatever. But that's their like model. Okay. Well, yeah, this seems like everything that both of us want out of Batman. So I'm very excited yes. to get into this. Yeah. Um, and then I finished Batman R.I.P. And I started Final Crisis. That's where we're at in terms of Batman <laughs> shit. Um, Batman R.I.P. is. Have you have, have you read this stuff? I read this stuff some years ago and couldn't follow it at all. Um, mm-hmm. And I meant to reread it for the podcast, and I haven't so far. So um, okay, yeah. Um, this uh this finally re- reveals what Batman of Zurinar is in the Grant Morrison conception of the character which is like a like a sub personality that Bruce Wayne constructed in case he was ever under like psychological attack if mm-hmm. they were able to destroy the like ego self of Bruce Wayne or Batman all that would be left is the Batman of Zurinar which is like just programmed to be like the most efficient Batman possible to get him into a safe place um which means like he makes the Zurinar outfit which is like the big bright colorful one and like wields a bat and goes and like assaults Arkham Asylum single-handedly um it's ridiculous I <laughs> I, I, I kind of fucking hate all this stuff <laughs> This is also like where they have the Joker, like the, the thin white Duke Joker. Um, and they have this big face off, uh, which is not particularly interesting to me. There is a bit here where the, the, the black glove society, which has been built up as like, oh, they're just like the really evil dudes. Um, they are like, we're going to work with the Joker and then are shocked when the Joker starts like uh, turning on them and killing some of their members. Like, how, how could we have foreseen this? Um, dumbasses. It just immediately undercuts them as villains. Um, which that- is a shame. That was the main thing that I remembered, like, slash wanted to reread this for. I was like, I feel like there was, like, a really good mo- Joker moment in here. Um, mm-hmm. That might There's just some be stuff. it. <laughs> There's some stuff. I, I feel like it it facilitates wildly between, like, really good stuff and really bad stuff. Um, and then um, this also finally revealed who Dr. Hurt was. Um 
who is Thomas Wayne, not Batman's father, Thomas Wayne, not, not, you know, that guy, but a relative of Bruce Wayne named after Thomas Wayne, apparently. Okay. I I was Um, like, I I knew, I knew his name was Thomas Wayne and he was not Batman's dad. I could not remember what the connection was. (laughs) And it ties all in is where he's the one who developed the program to make the three replacement Batman that were like the cops or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is part of how the, the Zuranar, like, personality was created. It's just a mess. It's like, there's like a bunch of things going on. And I feel like this is the one, well, I mean, this is true of a lot of time, but I think, I feel like if this was about 25% longer, I think it'd be better. If it just like stopped and like explained a story instead of like, made a reveal and then Grant Morrison like rapidly throws down the structure to explain the reveal after the reveals happened, which is just their favorite thing to do. It Um, really is. I am constantly wishing for like more exposition in their comics, which is like mm -hmm. not actually the thing that I want because people are like constantly expositing. I just want them to exposit in a way that makes sense to me. (laughs) Yes. I just don't, I just don't like playing Calvin Ball with a story, basically, and that's what Grant Morrison does. Mm-hmm. Just likes 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 the surprise, the sudden twist, and then you think about it, you go, oh, it like it's meant for speculation between issues, right? Like, what does that possibly mean? I'm gonna pull on my vast Batman knowledge that I have because I'm reading Grant Morrison. I'm a very smart Bat fan to put together the answer. I don't want to play detective. I want a story about all these sad people who've like formed a small army. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for out of Batman. I understand that's not what Grant Morrison particularly likes out of Batman, so I, I don't know. It's just it's just a mess, I guess. Yeah. And then Final Crisis is a lot going from this stuff, which is like heady and there's a lot going on, but it's all contained to Batman stuff too. There's like a god has been killed, and the Justice League doesn't know what to do, and the the Green Lanterns are trying to muscle in on their turf, and uh, they they're like Batman, you have to do the forensics on this, and he's like, well, it's a bullet that was fired backwards through time. It is the essence of bullet. All bullets descend from this bullet, and I'm like, this is this is like big <laughs> and dumb in a way that I was not ready for. Um, <laughs> is that well, you haven't read it yet, so I won't. There's something uh, that happens with Batman at the end of this that I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's. I where mean, this is I know going. this is the one where uh, Darkseid hits Batman with the whatever that sends him back in time. This is yeah, how okay. Batman dies. That's what I yes. was about to ask. Like, is this is this bullet the bullet that Darkseid's going to hit him with? Because I don't know. If no, no, no. Because that's the bullet. This, the bullet is the thing that killed Orion, which starts this whole thing off. Okay. And then I think it ends with them confronting Darkseid, and that's when. Um, he gets hit with the Omega something. I don't remember, but yeah. gets sent back through time. And that's when you get all the, that's Caveman, when you get Batman. Dick Bats, but then you get Batman as like a pirate or whatever, which I'm not really looking forward to reading, but you know, no. what are you going to do? What um, if I just jump ahead to like Dick Batman? What if I just well, skip all this? I want to, I want to, I want to read these cause I haven't read them. Right. Like the whole thing here is that it's stuff that I just don't have experience with, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm excited about. Um, and then is it last rights? Yeah. It's, I think it's last rights, which is, a bit right after Batman R.I.P. They like, I assume these are, I, cause I just went to them, um, cause it was like suggested in the reading order, but I think it's, I think these probably came out after, after Final Crisis or whatever. Like it seemed like the implication was everyone knows Batman doesn't make it out of Final Crisis when these came out, but it's like a summation of the story of Batman, um, written by Grant Morrison's like two issues. And the second one's mostly about the stuff Grant Morrison's written. So it's annoying and worthless. But the first one is like about the story of Batman, like 
in the feverish prose of Grant Morrison, but like the creation of the character, like as he's being born and like, what if like Alfred going, what if it was an owl that burst through the window and it was owl man? What if it was, what if nothing came through that window? Would he just invent a persona out of whole cloth and um, about Bruce being like beholden to the mission. And then Robin comes along and like brightens his life. And then Robin grows up and they fight. And now they've like come back together and it's just good. It's like a good compressed story of Batman. And I'm like, man, when Grant Morrison just wants to be normal, just tell a good story. <laughs> um, but that's it. You know, I've been reading that stuff. I'm I, I'm ready to be done, but I also know that I really want to read Batman and Robin, so I might still do that, because that seems like a much more normal book. Yeah, I've only ever heard people praise that book in, like, normal ways, whereas, like... The people who I know who like Batman R.I.P. a lot are like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I was guessing at all this stuff as it was coming out because, you know, like, um, I'm just fucking Batman fanaticist, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I, um, there's, like, stuff I might go back and circle around to do because I kind of want to read um, Battle for the Cowl, which is, like, before Dick Bats, I think. Um, but I have to finish. Finishing Final Crisis will be the chore for this week, which I'm not looking forward to because it seems bad. I don't like this style of comic book at all. No. Just too many things happening. And, like, pulling in, like, characters from a bunch of storylines I don't care about, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I've never asked what's Dr. Light doing right now. I don't know. Don't tell me. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, okay. It- I don't know when did Final Crisis come out and when did Identity Crisis come out because that is. Um, oh, do you know Identity Crisis? <laughs> I know of Identity Crisis and I know, I think I know what you're talking about, but let's see. Identity Identity Crisis was 2004. It's way before this. Okay, so why are they bringing? No one wants to hear about Doctor Light after fucking yes. Identity Crisis. Fuck off. <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole like side issue that DC because I'm reading on the DC app and so just kind of when I, I click the Final Crisis story button which gives me the these like six issues of Final Crisis but like other Final Crisis labeled things in it so I read the first two issues then I had a, no first issue and then I had a whole issue that was about uh the Martian Manhunter because he he dies in Final Crisis I think he's alive again so who cares um but um it was just like a, a like a, a long eulogy about his life and the people he touched and it was fucking terrible had different writer different art looked like shit bad <laughs> I'm like man imagine you're like a Martian Manhunter fan and he fucking dies in a in a in a this is what happens every time you, the big event happens a character you like gets killed off unceremoniously they get one like eulogy book that sucks because it's written by a fill-in writer and a fill-in artist and then everyone carries on and you just wait five years for when they come back to life <laughs> I there there is a eulogy issue for Batman coming up in what you're reading I think um, that is written by Neil Gaiman that is Absolute oh my dog god shit. oh my god <laughs> that i'm excited about <laughs> um it's uh i think whatever happened to the cape, cape crusader maybe um oh it of is course like, yeah because it's like whatever happened to the man of tomorrow yeah it is um sort of like the the funeral for batman um after you know whatever dark side does to send him back in time and it is fucking garbage <laughs> incredible incredible <laughs> um so here's my because i've been asking people in the discord to help me out what is the duke thomas story wh- where did duke thomas come in i feel like i remember being introduced like in the in 
in like the Snyder stuff, maybe, right? Yeah, there was a there was a book that came out um, maybe around the time of Rebirth that was like We Are Robin that I think like he's part of, but I think he was introduced before that. Um, hmm. That's like sort of like oh, there's like six Robins running around as their own little team or something. Uh, I don't know too much about it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check that stuff out. But if someone can point me in the other direction, that would be great. Um, Should we talk about Batman in the animated series? Yeah, sure. Oh, Christ, I have to summarize this, don't I? Oh, God. Um... So, what is this episode 13 of the animated series? Yes, uh, just a second. Uh, This is I've Got Batman in My Basement, uh, production order 13, uh, written by Sam Graham and Chris Hubel, uh, directed by Frank Parr. Yeah, summarize this episode. Okay. Um, Where does this start? Does it start with the kid? I think it starts with the kid. Um, We are introduced to... A kid named Sherman and his friend Roberta, um, who are enjoy like playing detective around town. Um, and there, there's like two bullies whose names I don't remember, um, that are like bothering them. And anyway, all this to say that they, they see a vulture flying through Gotham and they're like, Vulture in Gotham. We should go investigate that. Um, sentence two, which actually happens before sentence one. I just remembered. Batman is attacked by a vulture. <laughs> he's trying to stop some robbers, and he's who are stealing a Faberge egg, and he's attacked by a vulture. This happens first before we meet the kid. Anyway, um, sentence three. Batman and this kid are investigating the vulture. They go find where the robbers have taken this Fabergé egg, and they're being led by the penguin. Um, And uh, the penguin and this vulture and these two, like, goons are able to, like, knock out Batman, and the kids, like, escape into the Batmobile with Batman. Sentence four. um, They take Batman back to Sherman's house, um, and, like hijinks ensue as batman is like poisoned by something and he's trying to tell the kids like go get my like anti-poison shit from the batmobile but they don't understand him because he's like you know saying like one or two words and then passing out um sentence five um the the bullies come and they're helping out um sherman to like and roberta to get batman back and um the penguin shows up and they like totally destroy Sherman's house. Um, but eventually like, you know, Batman wakes up after they give him the antitoxin and beats the tar out of the penguin and, uh, the day is saved. Uh, this is the most that this has been like, Oh, right. Batman is a children's cartoon, (laughs) um, of the episodes we've covered so far because it is utter nonsense. (laughs) Um, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, the thing is, is that, um, 
this one's kind of cute. I just, uh, you know, we talked about like to be a clown, like being like, what is the motivations here? Why is the Joker kind of like a good guy and then like has to b- babysit this kid he hates? Um, mm-hmm. this one is like cl- clear the, the penguin's a bad guy. Batman is like a good guy and it's just like a normal, it's like a normal story, but for children. Um, oh, right. In a way that like the other one wasn't. So like I'm, I don't feel particularly like bad and like negative about this. It's just, it just is the thing. Batman fights a giant bird gets injured yeah um it's not like a bad episode i don't think but it's not a good episode either i was just kind of like it felt like just stuff was happening constantly to me and i was like okay right cartoon for children you know uh we'll see you again next week batman (laughs) you know Um, i i do like every time um it's like a well the series goes to relatively often i do like when they do episodes where like batman is not the point of view character i like when um you know it's about other people reacting to batman and he's just going to do normal batman stuff um that's fun uh Uh, i always like when we see the suburbs which is not a thing we see in gotham very much but they have normal like mid-century suburbs yeah like this looks like the place that i grew up you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it looks like the place I grew up. Like, it's just, it's just weird. And then, like, you know, it, it exists the way it does. But then th- these kids love Batman and drive the Batmobile over to their suburb and put Batman in their, their unfinished basement that sucks. And, uh, it's, <laughs> it's great. I love that stuff. Um, <laughs> the, the unfinished basement was where I really felt like, oh, yeah, that's the place where I grew up. <laughs> that was the thing that really hit me is like, oh, yeah, we all just hung out in the basement that had a couple posters on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the kids drive the kids drive a Batmobile. Uh, we, we, we it reveals in this episode that the Batmobile has all of the like Arkham Knight things. It just has like missile launchers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> When, what are those for, Batman? When are you using missile launchers on the Batmobile? Because you, you've never blown something up like this before. The the one that struck me as particularly dark is they, like, hit a button and, like, like the, the Batmobile starts spraying, like, knockout gas. But there was just yes. something really dark about, like, oh, yeah, Batman just has, like, gas that can hurt people equipped to the yes. Batmobile. That just felt like, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, especially in this show where the Batmobile is mostly just seen as like a means of conveyance so far. Yeah. Having all of the like movie gadgets and being the weird like it's got it's got it's a tank with weapons on it, like many weapons is just strange for this version of Batman. I really like Batmobile as sort of like extension of the utility belt where like, oh, he's got a million gadgets in here. But I like the the place that it always goes is that, oh, yeah. And some of those gadgets are like machine guns. It's just it's weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah um, we we're introduced to the penguin this episode. This is such uh, a. I remember the penguin being so different because I remember him from the comics based on the show a lot of the time, where uh-huh. he's a lot more like bumbling, and the, those comics like poke fun at him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Here he's just like a. So halfway competent villain who like does puns a lot you know <laughs> yes yeah the thing the thing about the penguin and you know this design is obviously based on the Danny DeVito uh design from Batman Returns but personality wise it's really not the same the penguin is just a mob villain with like a gimmick like 
Yeah. We, we talk about how, like, the mob was erased from Gotham, but it mostly is consolidated in one guy who just, like, added some puns and some theming and just kept being the mob. And it's weird that that's, like, the Penguins thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's how I usually think of him. And that's, like, definitely where the comics based on this show go. I think it's where this show ends up going. Yes. But in this, it's just, like... He feels closer to the Joker because he's, like, hanging out in, like, a warehouse with his two, like, goons. Um, yes. And, like, yeah, just, like, wordplay for everything. And I was just like, who is this guy? What? <laughs> yeah. And he has, he has, like, a vulture that hangs around him. I'm like, that one that's not a penguin. Are you just broadly bird-themed now? Is that his thing? He's the bird guy? Also, the most disorienting thing is that, yeah, he is, like halfway competent like he incapacitates batman he loses at the end of the day but he's like there's no like joke about how oh look at this dumbass um which is really the thing that i associate most strongly with the penguin um and is just not present here in this first episode yeah no, I mean, he comes fully formed he's got his umbrella gimmick like you know they're riding on the movie stuff so um He's a fancy guy who's kind of dangerous and has, has umbrellas, trick umbrellas, the, which the, I think has just always been part of the character. I don't know why he has umbrellas necessarily. No, I've never understood that either. Um, my favorite thing about his design in the show is that, he, like, everybody else has normal hands, but for some reason, like, and this is totally unremarked upon, like, the penguin has like Simpsons character hands, and he's the only character with that. Oh, he's got he's got flippers. This is this is part of the Burton design. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, That just totally, like, went over my head, I guess, maybe because I haven't seen that movie. Uh, I just have always, like, why does he look like a Simpsons character? (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, 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 we'll uh, we'll get there in Batman Returns, uh, because he's got got weird bird, like, flipper hands. um, The other thing that was, like, you know, jarring about the, the wordplay stuff, like, like the the first story that I really remember with the penguin from the comics, like has him like sitting around um a table with like a bunch of his henchmen doing like okay everybody like you have to use a new vocabulary word ev- every day and like <laughs> insisting that like trying to make his um henchmen more gentlemanly yes. um and that's not here he's just poking at his he's just poking fun at his henchmen for not being gentlemanly enough here um just it's all very weird i don't know <laughs> yeah no that's uh that's interesting because like I, that's definitely one way to take the character like i you know i've been watching gotham on and off which is a very different take on the penguin as a character um and that one he's just like a, a weird like you know nerdy mobster guy who keeps uh finding himself rising through the ranks and they call him penguin because he like gets injured and walks with like a limp for uh after like the first season mm. um None of the other affectations that you'd think of with like the penguin. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just, a, it feels like a character where like it just is kind of malleable because there's nothing really like he's the mobster. He's the mobster guy, but he's got, he's got a weird name and kind of an umbrella gimmick, I guess, probably from the original comics. Um, and that's it. Yeah. It feels, uh, it feels very much like. I feel like the penguin changes a lot between like he's like totally different in Harley Quinn and he's totally different in Gotham, you know, like mm. it just feels like oh, he's kind of vague enough that we can just sort of make him into whatever, you know. Um, yes. Um 
But yeah, my main problem with this episode is just that I didn't find the kids charming. And so, like, the sort of, like, gimmick that this show is going to go back to sometimes of, like, oh, here's some new kids reacting to Batman doesn't work for me when I just didn't care for these children. <laughs> um, I like Sherman as, like, young detective with his, like, mystery kit and books on true crime. Um, I feel like the modern version of this kid is, like, looking at dead bodies on Reddit instead, but <laughs> this is charming, too. <laughs> Um, um, but, but the thing is, it opens with him being like made fun of by like two bully guys who end up just like joining his detective posse at the end. I'm like, this is, this is too pat. You've, you've done too much here. I did like, I did like Roberta as like the girl who like is like, he kind of treats her like shit a little bit because like, that's how young boys treat young girls. Um, Mm. uh, but like, she's just... She's kind of better at this, like, you know, young detective, like, Encyclopedia Brown shit than he is. Yes. Um, the way that she, like, you know, Sherman's mom gets mad and um, she tells the truth because she knows that um, that's so ridiculous. The the mom is never going to believe it. Um, whereas mm. Sherman's like, oh, you fucked everything up. You know, that part was fun. Yes. Um, the, the thing I... Like the one of these designs remind me of when the show came out. It feels so much more like what I expect out of cartoons of this era for these kids. Um, but also they're enormous dumbasses for smart kids. This is like a problem with this sort of fiction, right? Where like they're supposed to be like the plucky young kids and they're supposed to be things that kids kids like imprint upon, but there's also the thing where the writers don't write a children's show, they don't know what how to do that so when batman is like capsule visor they spend like 10 minutes wondering what he could possibly be talking about when it's like he's got pills in the car he's fucking batman you're, you're smart kids put two and two together um yeah i think that it's like sometimes i just think that like the people who make the show like are bad at making a show for kids mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, it's not, it's not what they want to be making. Sometimes it feels like, yes. you know, um, uh, but, uh, the actual important, most important thing about this episode is that the Batman stops moms from being mad at their kids that she comes down, she sees Batman. She's like, Oh my, um, and that's what happens. <laughs> Housewives stop in their tracks in the face of the Batman. <laughs> The fucking line at the end of it, like, oh, Batman, do you happen to be single, is so, like, <laughs> so corny it did work for me a little bit. Yes, me too. I think it's very funny. Um, uh, very good. I Look, uh, if if Batman exists, there's going to be people who have the hots for Batman. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> and it just happens to be Sherman's mom. Um, It was very funny to imagine, like... I almost thought the episode was going to go here, and it didn't. Um, uh, Batman, like, helping to put back together the home. Like, Batman just getting out of power drill and being like, sorry, I knocked over your shelves, ma'am. <laughs> yes. Uh, that stuff's good. Uh, I think this is the first time in my life when I saw this episode, because in 92, I would have been seven years old. This, I think this is the first time I ever heard of a Fabergé egg, and I feel like my perception of Fabergé eggs are defined entirely by this show's, like, glowing orb. Uh, I don't... I, Fabergé eggs are, like, a thing that I mostly know from, like, cartoons and comic books. Where people are like, trying to steal them, yes. Yeah, I don't actually... I don't think I actually know what a Fabergé egg is. 
<laughs> I mean, they're just they're just jeweled eggs that I, I think someone named Fabergé made, but now I think it's a brand that you just get them. But like, yeah, they were made for the Russian imperial family, um, and they made a bunch of them, and they're like treasures, and they're very expensive because they're made with precious gems and stuff. But um, yeah, I feel like they they are overrepresented in fiction as a thing people are like want to steal. Yeah, I. D- I hadn't thought about it until literally just now. I was like, oh, yeah, Fabergé eggs are just a thing that people steal. Like, I, I'm i sure I've seen, like, Fabergé eggs from, like, clips of Lupin the Third that people put on Twitter, you know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eventually, eventually everyone's done their story about stealing the crown jewels, and Fabergé eggs are transported more readily because there's more of them. Mm-hmm. So I guess it makes sense, right? I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um... But yeah, that's yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's weird to uh, also he's only stealing because it it's an egg and he's he's the penguin, which is like a little on the nose once again. Yeah, yeah, he's very on the nose in this episode. <laughs> um, the other thing, the newspapers, uh, when the penguin is captured, go for the alliterative phrase "pint-sized Pinkertons pluck penguin," um, <laughs> and the idea that they would like. I, like that's very like of a like a 1930s newspaper headline, but identifying these two kids as Pinkertons is extremely funny to me. Yeah, that like that almost knocked me on my ass. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's so fucking it's so fucking funny. There's just like no um. I just feel like anybody in 2021 who's making that show just, like, does not throw around Pinkerton in this context, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that's it. There's not a whole lot to this episode. No, no. Um, I I was very, like, cold on this episode, but, like, there's some funny bits to talk about, and that's bad. Yeah, like, you know, I feel like this isn't a very hated episode of this show, and I just don't think it, like, necessitates that, but I don't, like, you know, it's fine, whatever. I don't feel a lot for it, but I would defend it as people like, this is one of the worst episodes of Batman. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's just for kids. I feel like it's going to be for kids. It sort of feels like, um... Like, I would say this is one of the worst episodes of the show because it's, like, not very good or very bad. Not because, you know, it's, like, actively bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but neither here nor there, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right. If With that done, uh, next time, we are covering Heart of Ice. Heart of Ice. Heart of maybe, Ice. Maybe the most well-known episode of this show, so. Um... I, I, this is like the one that everybody loves. Like this is the one. You know? It's good. You know, I'm not uh, here to be like, oh, I hate Heart of Ice. Uh, um, it, it is the big popular one. I think this is the one I think I to prep maybe? for next week. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, with that, it I guess it's time for plugs. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Autumnal underscore coffee. You can listen to all my other podcasts by going to exportodd.io. Um, and that is also where you can throw us a dollar to get this podcast, um, a week early. Uh, you can get a bunch of other podcasts a week early. Um, like for example, Bag End Book Club, which we are both on a podcast about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore bing. You can find all of my podcasts at abnormalmapping.com. 
Uh, and if you'd like to support this podcast, you go to exportaudio slash Batman. Uh, you, if you subscribe to the export Patreon for $1 a month, you will get the episodes a week early. Uh, they come out on Mondays either way. Um, if you're listening to the free feed, you know, tell your friends, uh, yeah. let people know that you like the show. Uh, word of mouth is how we get around. Um, if you've got, uh, you know, comic feedback or just want to talk about the episodes, you can come to the abnormal mapping Patreon. Uh, there's a link on abnormalmapping.com. Uh, there's a chain. We just hang out and export chat and comics basically um <laughs> talk about these episodes so yeah uh that's all we've got uh, until next time batman batman